Welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate entrepreneur, website expert, brand strategist, educator, founder, and creative director of Feel Good Websites. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your 9-to-5 job, or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'm sharing inspiring stories of incredible women who had the courage to follow their dreams, building meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. Welcome to another episode of She Dares to Dream podcast. This week, my special guest is a talented entrepreneur, breath coach, yoga teacher, author, mom of two, and founder of The Breathing Room and School Breathe program, Amy Hartley. Amy has been teaching internationally for over 10 years using her in-depth knowledge of breathing patterns and breath exercises to teach people a range of cutting-edge, self-healing techniques that can help you to access the full potential of your breathing system and encourages you to adopt a healthier way of living. In 2020, her book Breathe Well was released in the UK, Canada, Australia and the US and she's been featured in national media such as The Guardian, Financial Times, The Times, Red Magazine, Elle, Tatler and The Telegraph. Recently, Amy launched School Breathe a breathwork teacher training program which provides effective and easy-to-learn breathing exercises for primary school teachers and pupils to practice short breathing techniques on a daily basis. The program now reaches over 45 schools across the UK and has already received an international press coverage. Hi, Amy. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. It has certainly been a while since our past cross, I would say maybe 10 or even 12 years. And I remember back in those days, you were running a wellness PR company and I was teaching yoga across London. But fast forward a few years, I swapped teaching yoga to teaching women how to build their business to live their dreams while you also reinvented yourself and moved from the PR world into the health and wellness world, becoming a bit of a breath expert to say the least. And that's why we're here today and we're going to talk all things business and to explore how our lives often take the most unexpected turns leading us to exactly where we need to be so we can tap into our highest potential. Hi, yeah, lovely to connect again. It has been, I think it's been 12 years, you know, yeah, really, yeah if not longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, so I, change completely as well. I mean, gosh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just so lovely. Roller coasters. Yeah, lovely to catch up for sure. So um, first thing I ask all my guests on this podcast is, what are the three words that describe you as a woman, mom, and entrepreneur that really captures the essence of who you are and what you do? 
Oh, well, I don't know if you have to ask others this, but um, for myself, I find that I'm really passionate about what I do. I'm constantly inspired as well by not only the teachers and the children that I teach breathwork to, um, but I'm, yeah, I, I guess I, I, to be honest, I, I'm also juggling. And so a sort of a juggling inspired, passionate person <laughs> um, with sort of framed with mild exhaustion <laughs> because of everything, yes everything I do so a combination I think that was four words but yes I'd be I love that um, passionate yeah. juggler I can totally relate to that yes <laughs> passionate inspired exhausted juggler <laughs> oh dear um and I've already mentioned that in the intro that before you've become a transformational breath coach, you followed quite a different career path. So can you tell me a bit more about your background and how did your journey unfold? Yes, well, I was, um, I think when we met, I was a, a trained yoga teacher and we were teaching, I was teaching at an amazing place uh, called the Special Yoga Center, where you taught as well. Yeah. Um, in Kensal Rise, I think it was at the time. And they they were a, a special yoga center for children with special needs. It was a one, wonderful place. Um, and there I was um, teaching yoga and I, I came across this poster saying transformational breath. And I was inspired because I just thought, what is this? Because I'd done lots of years of yoga teaching and lots of pranayamas and everything. And everyone coming out of this workshop was sort of glowing, just raving about this transformational breath. So I was completely intrigued. So I sort of cornered the, 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 the breath coach. Uh, he was called Alan Dolan um, at the time and just said, you know, what is this? What is that? I'm so, I'm so intrigued. And I was a bit, I'd missed that month's workshop. And he said, look, come for a one-to-one and then you'll really get to understand what it's all about. Anyway, 90 minutes later, I was just absolutely feeling blissful and just, I just couldn't believe how I felt, to be honest. And he also told me that I wasn't breathing correctly, which landing on a yoga teacher's ears that had been sort of training and teaching for a few years was quite shocking to me because I thought I must be breathing well because I'm a, a yoga teacher but yeah. he said no you're all in the upper chest you've got stress around sort of the neck muscles the scalene muscles and he really analyzed my breathing pattern and he taught me how to breathe into my belly anyway I, I just said how have I not heard about this incredible you know modality and he said, well, it's funny you say that because I'm, yeah, I, I don't know why more people don't know about it. And this was sort of the 12 years ago, 13 years ago, if not a bit longer. So breath work then wasn't really known. It was, it was very sort of elusive and sort of underground. And I said to him, look, years ago, and this was 10 years previously, I'm revealing my age now, but year, 10 years before that, I used to work uh, for a PR company in, in central London, in Soho. And... From those days, I still had um, a few contacts that had then become friends. So that's how I sort of still knew them. And I said, look, how about I, um, you know, just tell a few people about it, tell a few journalists about it and get the word out there because everyone's got to know about this. This is so incredible. He said, well, it's funny you say that because I'm looking for a PR at the moment. And I was just, I explained to him that I didn't want to get back into the PR world, but I, I would do for this cause of, sharing amazing health you know a health and well-being modality 
So I contacted a few journalists that I did know, and they came for sessions with him and came to workshops, and they were equally blown away and started writing about it. And then I had people approach me saying, um, obviously the coverage was quite good and quite amazing because the modality itself was brilliant and he was great. And so then off the back of that, I had um, health and wellbeing professionals and experts contact me saying, can you PR me? Because they thought I was obviously really good, but it was actually the breath work that was really good. Anyway, I just started taking on clients. So I sort of built up this health and wellbeing PR company off the back of um, Alan Dolan's amazing <laughs> breath work. And um, I never really wanted to get back into PR again. It was just, you know, I had to I had to survive in London. I was teaching yoga. And as you know, it doesn't, it, it pays, but not that brilliantly. So, and, you know, rents and everything, mortgages and all that you have to support yourself. And the PR was earning me more than the, the yoga at the time. And I was still intrigued by this breath work. And literally a week after I'd had my session with Alan, I'd put myself on the transformational breath training course. So it sort of all happened at once. I found breath work in the yoga studio. Off the back of that, I started this PR and it sort of exploded really from there in, in all very brilliant ways. And I then, yeah, trained to be a transformational breath coach, which, yeah, is forever inspired me um, in, in many ways. I don't do the PR any, you know, I, I quit the PR about nah, 10 years ago, a couple of years after I met Alan anyway, just because I loved the, the breath work so much. And I was, yeah, I was just enjoying teaching that. And yeah, so that's how I discovered sort of breath work and PR it sort of collided at the same time yeah, yeah. so yeah. that was kind of the the first time at that time it's uh, when you started to kind of take serious interest in breath work and notice its many benefits on your physical mental emotional well-being yeah so many and I just think it was more this fascination that every single person breathes in a completely different way. And this is mm. something that just absolutely intrigued me. So what, a couple of months after I'd been on the training course, and this is what we did, we spent weeks sort of studying how individuals breathe. And I would start doing on the tube and, you know, wherever <laughs> I was at the time, I would just be looking at people. Scanning people. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not like body language, it's sort of breath language. Yeah. And, it became absolutely, you know, I, I sort of became obsessed with it mm. in, a, in sort of a healthy way, but it <laughs> absolutely intrigued me. Um, so in my yoga classes that I was still teaching, I wasn't, I was seeing people in these yoga poses, but no one was breathing properly. And it got to the point where it was, it was making me a little bit um, upset that I, I was meant to be teaching yoga, but I was actually just seeing people stretching in these sort of poses, but no one was breathing properly. So I actually just thought, what's the point of me being a yoga teacher if I'm not teaching them these fundamentals, if they're not breathing properly in these poses? I just really found that there was no point in me carrying on teaching. So I, I literally, yeah, went on a mission from, from I can all remember the class now, I just had about 20 people in the class and I just thought not one of these people are breathing correctly so I just made a little pact to myself that I would then teach people to breathe and then hopefully get back into the yoga you know the yoga teaching world as well mm. but never really yes never really came across a, a yoga studio in a yoga teacher format you know um, um, 
guise again, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point then did you realize or figure out that you could turn this passion into a business and help other people experience similar results, benefits and transformation? Um, I think it's it was just the number of clients I was getting at the time. The workshops were full. We were running retreats. You know, it, it wasn't making an awful lot of money, to be honest, but it was making me really happy mm. and driven and passionate and all these qualities that I was, I didn't have before. I was just really, really inspired. And I just had this other level of energy that kept me going. And it wasn't financial at all. It was total, pure motivation, pure passion, pure wanting to get the word out there to everyone and yeah. wanting to share this. It was almost like, oh, I've got this incredible gift or incredible secret or whatever and I just want to share it with everyone and that's yeah and and that's how it sort of happened and then the PR sort of dwindled away and as I didn't have I just didn't have the energy for it anymore and it's strange when things come along that I think you really align with other things just drop away yeah yeah well that's sort of how it happened yeah that's actually um, my next questions because um, you had this PR agency and you had um, this brand new business ID uh, working or spreading the the breath work Um, did you ever consider running both businesses parallel to each other or did you reach a specific point when you knew that PR may no longer be your path and you just want to 100% immerse yourself in building your breath coaching business yeah I always knew that PR wasn't my path I, mm. I I left 20 years before that I was in a company and I left that just thinking I'll never do PR again and as the saying goes never say never but this the second time I did PR I, I actually quite enjoyed it because I was working for myself and, and really spreading the word of some amazing people but I always had in my heart that that wasn't what I wanted to do I, I found it quite a a shallow process and I just didn't find it very fulfilling and um I met some great people and as a result met some great friends from that but I was just more driven towards the breathwork side of things because I think it was just helping more people really um Mm. on a personal level you know one-to-one level I was getting that real satisfaction from seeing tangible changes in people and yeah, I think what happened was I was just getting more clients and um, seeing more people in the breathwork world. And then, yeah, I think I was just brave enough to just let client after client go, really. Um, and I just did have the leap of faith, and yeah. which I think you have got to do. Absolutely. Um, I think you've got to have that energy behind it. You've got to really, really want to do it. It's much like the, you know, my school breathe project at the moment. That was a total leap of faith. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then you just find the time and the energy to, to get it done. Yeah, yeah. You try to. Yeah, we, we're definitely going to speak a bit more about the school breathe in a little while. And the, the reason I'm really asking this because, and it really resonates what you just said, because uh, like seven years ago, there was a period of time, maybe even more than one year when I was actually still teaching yoga. And I already had my web design business uh, when I was teaching other women how to 
obviously launch their businesses online as a kind of uh, vehicle to build their own dreams and uh, you know live lives on their own terms and um, I felt I wasn't giving my full attention to either of them which obviously naturally left me feeling really guilty quite exhausted overwhelmed and I knew I had to let go of one of my businesses and I really loved doing yoga I thought that was my purpose but I figured I have to really stick with one thing to do it properly and I find it really needs to be something that lights you up the most that excites you the most where you have fun the most and also that makes bigger impact which you just mentioned yourself in your clients lives but also in your own life right so I'm curious how did you personally navigate through this period and you did say that you have to be brave you have to take the leap of faith but how do you navigate through the period when you are reinventing yourself and aligning with your inner compass that um started pointing you in this new direction and you eventually making the decision to pursue this new career path and actually uh, turning it into a business yeah I never thought of it or I've never thought of it as reinventing really I just it was almost just becoming who you are without sounding cheesy but sort of becoming like the best version of you yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't almost like I was becoming anything else. I was just following a, a path. And I think my, I've got a wonderful mum and she's always said, whatever you're doing, is it making you happy? Is it making you happy? And this, this um, you know, she's, and she always drilled it into us that money would never bring true happiness. I think money brings freedom and, and money brings choices, but it doesn't necessarily bring happiness. So I've always had this little whisper of my mum in the back of my head always whatever whatever I've been doing you know is it making me happy is it making me happy and I think even when you are you know working within your dream dream realm as it were and within your you know doing the job that you love there's always days that you're not happy of course there are all things aren't going right um, but the essence of it you know is right and you've just got this intuition or this this deep really really strong feeling that you're doing the right thing obviously Mm. that's questioned as you go along I think you know I think it's silly not to question these things but I think you have to have this sort of strong drive and strong confidence in a way to really know that you're doing the right thing and I just think that comes with age in a way I think sometimes being a little bit older can can um you know that can help as well as with making decisions and things. Um, but yes, as far as, yeah, um, I don't know if I've gone off on a tangent now, but I never really had the, um, yes, I know, I think also I became a mum, which yeah. made me super efficient. And I think you've just mentioned that you were never doing, you know, you, you, you had to focus on one thing. And I got to the stage where I'd, I'd finished my transformational breath certification already you know had clients had workshops and everything and the PR had had faded away and then I became pregnant so I think I've always been in juggle mode constantly so I haven't really had that time where I can just focus on the business Mm. I think I've always been juggling yeah which is a good thing it makes you super efficient yeah on the days that you can work yeah yeah um 
And out of this season, obviously, that transformation, um, what's the most important lesson you learn during this time that would be a good idea to share with other women who are perhaps in the process of um, changing their career, reinventing themselves, especially after last year of the pandemic, you know, and people losing jobs and kind of rethinking what's next for them, uh, whether it's building their dream business or anything else. Um, what... Um, would you like to maybe share or inspire, encourage people? Uh, because I find a lot of time, um, us women, uh, first of all, we like to hold back. We need to have all the ducks in the row. We need to have all the details figured out. Um, but also we are holding back because we always think like, oh, we're not ready. We're not good enough, etc. So is there any kind of big lesson that... Um, or a bit of wisdom that you would like to share with um, women, girls who, you know, are kind of on the fence, like, you know, like maybe not everyone is ready to take the, you know, uh, leap of faith. At some Sometimes people, you know, want to have everything kind of lined up. <laughs> yeah, I read this lovely quote the other day, I think that actually just summed up, sums up how I've done things, but also if I'd have heard it, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I, I might have redirected the course of my life a little bit, but it was, um, don't wait until you're confident to show up, show up until you are confident. Mm. And I think that's, yeah, it really struck a chord because I just think there's been so many times in my life that I haven't been confident in what I'm doing, who I am. And the only real way I've found that confidence is to show up and be who I am so I just think yeah if I can part with anything that would be it just keep yeah. showing up and and don't wait for everything as you say don't wait for the ducks to all be lined up because you never know what's going to happen they can all be lined up and then you know global pandemic can hit so you just <laughs> never know what's going to happen um so just and I am slightly gung-ho actually I, I'm not a massive planner and so and I'm not a massive researcher I, I just have this instinct to go off and do things and I, I I perhaps should be a little bit more like a bit more of a planner um and a bit more you know go into the research deeply and, and things like that but I would just say yeah keep showing up yeah I think um business really requires certain level of flexibility just from what you said um right now and although I like to kind of plan things and I have like a notebook full of ideas this is what's going to happen um like a few days later I get a different idea different inspiration which feels you know even better even bigger and I just you know scribble all over the previous ideas and I write the new pages <laughs> mm -hmm. so it just constantly evolves isn't it it's like um very very kind of fluid, fluid thing. And not everyone is kind of cut for that. But um, yeah, I think that that's exciting thing that um, it's kind of uh, living, um, living organism, your business. Yes, I think you have to look at it like that as well. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Although I have promised myself this year that I'm going to have no more ideas. <laughs> I know. That's my, just... that's my aim. <laughs> like, this is it now. This is it. Um, so yeah, that's that's one part to myself. I, yes, um... I have a habit of 
constantly being inspired but not getting and that, that that's the problem with creative people i think you know like we see inspiration in everything and everywhere and oh this can work for me you know but you kind of try and it's like trial and error isn't it like you've got so many ideas but then you can get distracted as well so that totally resonates with me like no more ideas like just stick with one thing and follow through and keep that focus Definitely. And that's where breath work actually has helped me so much. Mm. Um, If you are a creative person, you have got lots of ideas, but you you don't necessarily ground them. It can indicate that you're a upper chest breather and your your default is that kind of upper chest sort of energy is all high up in the upper chest and around the mind. And you need to really take deep breaths during the day, the beginning Mm. of the day to ground and settle these ideas. So yes, you, you... teach what you need to learn most right yeah yeah yeah. and I probably mentioned that in one of the previous episodes but um I was um when I was still teaching yoga I was running a yoga retreat um which was based on Ayurveda that was what's something I was specializing in in Sri Lanka and um the doctor there diagnosed me with being over 50 percent vata imbalance which Mm -hmm. means that my yeah. mind is it's a creative people right so yeah. my mind is like a butterfly constantly flying from one flower to another and i really need to be grounded i really need that heaviness and the routine and the rituals and as you said you know breathing is one of the essential elements to kind of slow that you know scattered mind down <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, so quickly too that's what the, mm. the magic of it is is that it just yeah it's there and it works and yeah. it's just underused at the moment still, but yeah. we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so... Did you... he recommend you use, did he, did he recommend you use oil, the, the doctor? Because I loved, the, I, I studied a bit of the Ayurveda in, the, in my yoga course, actually. It's brilliant. I... Oil and, and walking barefoot. Yeah, I, I did I did the detox. I did three-day detox <laughs> to, yeah. Um, yeah, to completely kind of um yeah to slow down feel grounded and uh, and yeah it made me basically just stay in one place for a full day and just take it easy and just you know just pause because otherwise i'm constantly you know in motion like whether it's physically mentally emotionally right so i think that was incredible it had so many effects and yeah i i just you know keep reminding myself that you just need to pause you need to slow down and um yeah and and, mm-hmm. and like like i said the, the the breathing and obviously you know the, the yoga and the, you kind of get the whole package with ayurveda being the sister science obviously to yoga you you get just uh, so many different modalities that you can use, you know, whether it's food, herbs, breath work, yoga, etc. Yeah, and it's so different. That's what fascinated me actually teaching yeah. yoga in the kind of the last few years before I um, I stopped teaching is the Ayurvedic principles. And like, like you said, you were kind of exploring or examining the breath in each and every person. Uh, mm. You could see like everyone is obviously different, um, you know, body and mind constitution, different um um you know dosha so like like different yogic exercise different breathing different this and that is gonna 
fit different it's just so unique to each and every one every one of us and um people just don't realize it you know going to uh yoga classes you know to sweat and lots of people whose minds are and bodies are overweight they really need the opposite to you know f- fast and dynamic yoga classes so yeah it's fascinating isn't it how yeah yeah, it's almost another, we need to be educated in another way as well. Yeah, to, to we can do what, another podcast on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the Ayurveda side of the yoga really fascinated me. I was That was yeah. my plan B, was to become an Ayurvedic yeah. uh, practitioner. But yeah, anyway, yeah. of course, it's too long for my busy mind. <laughs> <laughs> Next slide. Mind. Exactly, that's what I thought. Okay, so just going back to your career, um, you took your personal experience with the breath work, you took your passion, dedication, and the massive amount of self-belief, I um, I guess, and um, the transformational breath empire was born. <laughs> so tell me what can people expect when they come across your brand? Because I know you've got quite a lot going on behind the scenes with your workshops, now the teacher's training, book and so much more yes yeah, so the my conscious connected breathing um workshops and um one-to-ones i offer in the in the y valley and online it was working all very very well online so i've got two two strands really i've got the breathing room which helps um corporates i deliver breathwork programs to corporates to individuals and to workshops. And then a couple of years ago, um, I launched School Breathe, which is a breathwork program for primary schools and for primary school teachers and for primary school children to learn all about healthy breathing habits. And yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm driving two businesses at the moment, but I'm super passionate about School Breathe and I'm putting about 80% of all my energy into this at the moment. So yes, it's uh, it's interesting times and busy times as well but it's it's going really really well the school breathe program is in over 40 schools at the moment and we are getting people sign up um you know on a monthly basis as well which is great and it's just reaching all these lovely children we're just getting feedback that the children are calmer they are the concentration levels are going up in the schools um where the ones the schools that are implementing the program and we've just yeah as i as i mentioned we've also launched a school breathe breath coach teacher training as well so it's for primary school teachers and they can become breath coaches so they can turn up to school um, with lots of different breath exercises to teach the children so they can start their days um, or after lunch seems to be a popular time to practice as well Mm. they can offer them a sort of plethora of breath exercises to help children feel calm, regulate their emotions, everything from um, concentration, focus, and to just help the children feel calm. They've been through so much anyway. um, And and this sort of 2020, 2021 thrown on top as well. I think it's really important time for, to teach children um, this invaluable tool, really. It's, it's something that they, you have at a very young age. And then I, I do believe that you, tend to forget it that the moment you do go to school so I'm just trying I'm really passionate about you know um introducing breath work to primary schools at a very young age so they don't forget it in life yeah yeah and um 
do, do you have any way for parents to get involved if this is something that resonates with them and they would like to encourage their children to build and maintain a regular breath practice at home? Because I know um, I've got a 10-year-old girl now and um, she's always had a problem sleeping since she was a little baby. So even like when she was baby, I would sit with her holding her hand and... Um, I was practicing breathing myself and I believe she would pick up on the rhythm of the breath and the calmness and it soothed her to go to sleep. And even now when she's 10 and part of her routine uh, in the evening is to put on um, like a breathing meditation, which really helps her to go to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, so... You know, what would you recommend to parents to do? Because you said that this school brief program is for primary school teachers and teaching assistants. So what if, you know, what can parents do to actually, you know, maybe introduce the breathing at home? Because obviously, like you said, you know, with the COVID pandemic and the, you know, the stresses and the pressures in life and at school, I would say there's lots of pressures at home as well, being a parent. Oh, so, so many. Yeah. So yeah. what would you recommend? Well, as you as you've just mentioned, I think Breathing at night is really lovely for children and they're laying down. So when you're laying down, you can access a diaphragmatic breath or a belly breath a lot easier, a lot more easier than, than sitting up. Um, so I would definitely recommend, and as you say, there's many breathing meditations out there just to encourage the child um, to breathe deeply into their belly. But as part of the School Breathe program as well, we also, each week, we have a downloadable breath exercise for the children to take home because obviously mm. um, or many schools put it in, in their newsletter as well. So the, the parents are informed on a weekly basis of what we're doing or, or what the what the children are learning at school. Um, but what we found and the feedback that we've had is that children are actually going home teaching their parents, parents what yeah. Learned school. <laughs> yeah 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 noticing when their parents are sort of holding their breath or when they're when their parents are upset or angry that the, the ch- we've heard um we've heard some lovely stories of the children sort of yeah telling the telling the parents and teachers you know take a breath take some you know take some nice deep breaths take some um slower breaths you know uh, breathing into your belly so it's almost worked in reverse that the children are you know the children are informed so they are mm. taking it home which is lovely but on a more practical level I really just invite people to a learn all about how they're breathing because I think this is one thing that is really fascinating and again goes under the radar that we even though we all share the same air we're all breathing in a completely different way but there's only one real healthy way to breathe and that's in through the nose out through the nose into the belly so when the belly is when we're breathing in the belly is rising and there shouldn't be much breath holding going on through the day. So this is this happens an awful lot is that people go into this sort of uh, apnea state, this breath, tense breath holding. And when we tense up the body and when we hold our breath, the muscles contract. And this creates tension in the body. And therefore, we can't take a full, deep, healthy breath. So I would just say become aware of your breathing. And we can do a little exercise shortly about, about yeah. that. Um, and then just practice deep diaphragmatic breathing and slow the breath down. There's a lots of shallow breathers out there. There's lots of quick breathers out there. 
So it's just slowing the pace of the inhale, slowing the pace of the exhale, and always making sure the breath is in through the nose, out through the nose, because there's a lot of people that take the breath in through the mouth as well and out through the mouth, children as well. Um, and this has uh, adverse health uh, impacts on the body too. So nasal breath in through the belly, allowing the breath to flow. So on the school breathing, we have the nose nose. So the nose always knows how to breathe. And then we say the belly glows or grows. So the belly glows as it as we breathe in. And then the breath flows. So this is our little mantra, if you like, oh, um, to get the children to, to remember how to breathe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Um, and I think it's not a coincidence that uh, you often hear people saying things like just breathe or take a deep breath when uh, they go through emotional ups and downs and face difficult, stressful periods. So what um, do you so when you chat to people who have no idea about uh breathing correctly breathing techniques pranayama etc for the first time what do you want them to know what do you say to them to kind of um uh, tease them kind of into into what you do well firstly i think people find it fascinating that we breathe twenty thousand times a day so when they hear that and then i say now, how many of those breaths do you actually notice um and it's normally none of them you know people aren't aware that they're they're doing something 20,000 times a day mm. and um then I will just ask them to notice their breath so I'll just get them to place one hand on their lower belly one hand on their upper chest and just see which part of the the body is moving more and on the inhalation and normally what people find is that the upper hand is moving more on the inhalation and this means that we're an upper chest breather so I just invite them to to deepen their awareness around their own breath pattern their own unique breath pattern and then for those people that like numbers and um, some people like to time their breath so we take the average adult takes around between 12 and 16 breaths a minute and again we should be slowing this breath rate right down um, so you can time people's breath breathing rates as well. People sometimes people and older children find that quite fun as well. Obviously, children with smaller they have smaller lungs, so they breathe at a quicker pace. Um, but yeah, so the two things are: I would get people to learn about their unique breath pattern and timing their breath rate to and, and encourage the inhale to be slower, exhale to be slower. So they're just slowing their breath rate down. And this just you know you can lower your blood pressure, improve heart health improve digestion there's so many things that you can do just simply by breathing in through the nose and breathing slowly and into the belly okay so you that wasn't too much <laughs> so you you did mention before that uh we might try to do uh some simple breathing exercise where we can maybe analyze our breath or kind of see what our breathing pattern is so do you mm -hmm. have something that we can do right now to check in with our breath yeah, definitely. Well, it's just a little, it's a bit more of what I've just talked about there. But if you just find a comfortable seat, so just find, um, or you can do this laying down if you happen to be listening to, this, listening to this laying down. But if you're sitting up, then just find a tall spine, just make sure that it's not rigid at all, and place the one hand on the lower belly. And when I say lower belly, I just mean find the belly button with the thumb and then place the hand below there. So this is the lower belly. And then when, and the other hand on the upper chest, so just below the clavicle, 
there and then just close the eyes and just notice your next inhalation and notice whether the breath is coming in through the nose and out through the nose and if the breath is coming in through the mouth then just zipping up the lips having the jaw relaxed and taking the breath in through the nose out through the nose and then just notice which hand is moving more so is the upper hand moving more or the lower hand moving more so is the upper chest doing more of the breath work or is the lower belly rising more on the inhalation so a few more breaths to deepen your research is the upper chest rising more or the lower belly rising more And then just blinking your eyes open. And yeah, they just discovered which sort of breather you are. Obviously, some people are breathing in both parts of the body, and I'm sure you are. Um, I'm sure you are, Michaela, because you're um, a yoga teacher. <laughs> and you've been, you know, I'm sure that you've got a very, very good respiratory system and healthy respiratory system. But a lot of people will, will find that they are upper chest breathers. So the, the upper chest mm. is moving more. Yeah, And the way we can deepen the breath and and to create this when we say belly breath we actually mean diaphragmatic breath so as the diaphragm which is the main respiratory muscle descends it descends into the digestive organs so the colon intestine stomach and this the dislodging of the organs creates this protruding of the lower belly so this is what we want to be trying to do so to do this you can just place both hands on your lower belly now and again Taking the breath in through the nose, out through the nose. And then I just want you to imagine the belly expanding on the inhalation and softening on the exhalation. So I don't want you to try and force the belly to expand at all. I just want you to simply imagine the belly expanding and inviting a little bit more breath down into the lower belly. And then I'm just going to bring in a count. So we're going to breathe in for a count of five. And breathe out for a count of seven. So breathing in, two, three, four, five. Breathing out, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Breathing in, belly rises, two, three, four, five. Breathing out, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Breathing in, two, three, four, Five, breathing out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, breathing in, two, three, four, five, breathing out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, just taking the breath in through the nose, seeing that belly expand, breathing out, belly falls, and then just bring the breath back to its natural pace. And by extending the exhalation, we actually trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. So you should be feeling a little bit calmer, a little bit more settled, a, bit, a little bit more present, simply by a few rounds of, of that breath technique. It may take a little longer um, to actually activate a diaphragmatic breath. Um, and you, yeah, there's, luckily, there's hundreds of breath coaches out there now. So there's hundreds of people that have certified, if not thousands of us, now um, to help you access a, a fuller, healthier breath too. So yeah, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, 
beautiful <laughs> beautiful really more centered more peaceful more calm you know um but as we were doing the exercise um it reminded me of really important uh time in my life when i was giving birth and that whole experience was really centered around breathing and this focus and slowing down the breath and just uh, counting <laughs> and yeah. it was just absolutely essential to you know go through the natural birth and um, I think it was uh, such a beautiful experience that connection with your life force energy while you were you know helping to birth new life and um, I don't know do, do you have any experience from that when you had your two kids Yes, I tried really hard to use every breathwork technique known to man and known to woman. And um, uh, 29 hours later, the midwife came in to me and said, there's an anaesthetist outside the door. Would you like an epidural? And I was like, no, I'm using my breathwork. Thank you. And she looked me in the eye. She was this amazing Ghanaian woman, Theodora, I will never forget her. And I said, but what do you recommend? And she looked me deeply in the eyes and she said, woman to woman, have the epidural. <laughs> so, Even that long into yes. the labor? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think my unborn baby at the time was, um, you know, there was nothing, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't going to happen. And yeah, I had an epidural for my first. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, so, and I went with her because she had so much sort of, she just had so much wisdom and yeah. knowledge in her eyes. And I just thought she'd seen me here sort of for days almost yeah. trying to do it, at, you know, trying my hardest. Yeah. So yeah, I had an epidural with my first, which wasn't my plan, but as you know, yeah. every birth plan ends up a sort of a <laughs> dark comedy yeah, on the yeah. ward floor. <laughs> um, but I have to say, Post-birth, it helped me, um, you know, and I can't, it was almost like I discovered breathwork to help me through that postnatal time. Yeah. Um, I had, yeah, I had a, a te not a very good time afterwards and I had very, I had, you know, just the sleeplessness, the shock and everything. And I, yeah, to be honest, I don't know what I would have done if it hadn't been for, yeah, this, this breathwork I'd, I'd discovered. So yeah I used a lot after and it it just helped me through yeah some really dark times actually and mm. yeah it helped me after and it helped me for those 20 odd hours <laughs> before yeah. but yeah no my um yes it's it's been invaluable through post yeah postnatal postnatally mm. for me it, it sort of gave me more energy helped me sleep when I couldn't sleep and yeah just all those sort of tricky terrible times you go through as a new mum and you're not quite sure where to go and you, you haven't got time to go to your you know for your swims or your runs or your yoga classes or you know meet up with people you just you've got so you know time poor as it were um breath work for me then yeah just got me through yeah definitely yeah and um yes I won't go through my second birth <laughs> I always said it would be easier and it definitely wasn't <laughs>
Um, but yes, anyway. No, I mean, like, like, like you said, even like after, <clears throat> after you have your newborn, like you kind of struggle to find the me time. And uh, like I mentioned before, I kind of used that kind of for putting my daughter to sleep time and sitting with her, holding mm. her hand, putting her to sleep as me time as well for the breathing and meditation. Yeah. So instead of kind of making it about her, you know, putting her to sleep, I kind of use that time as a me time that I'm sitting there for 10, 15 minutes, holding her hand and just, you know, kind of sharing the breath, sharing that energy. And I, I made it about me, about my meditation, about my breathing. And as soon as I kind of made that switch, I changed that narrative in my head uh, mm -hmm. that, oh, I just need to do, you know, bedtime routine. You know, I made it like, it's my ritual kind of thing. Yeah, that's really, that's a smart move. That's really, yeah, yeah it's a clever thing to do because as you say, we've got very, very, well, just little pockets of time that, yeah. we, that, we're allow, that we allow yeah. ourselves really. Yeah. But, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so let, 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 yeah. let's move from, from the birth. And yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, so when I look over the last few years or the last 10 years of, of this um, business, the breath work, the career you, you've got at the moment. You published a book, Breathe Well, in 2020. You led breathing workshops in some of the most amazing venues, such as Natural History Museum in London. And you've just launched this incredibly important school, Breathe um, Teacher Training. Um, it makes me wonder what's coming up next for you. What is your dream vision for the future? Well, as I said previously, no more ideas, right? <laughs> this, is my, this is my big thing. So I'm actually dedicated now, well, I've said 80% of my time, but I'm hope, my dream would be um, to spend all my time on, on school breed and just get it out there to more primary schools and then just see how that and where that develops. So I've already had, uh, um, I've already had schools approach me saying, is there, is there anything for secondary schools? So even though I've said no more ideas, I can imagine five years, 10 years on, there, there will be a, a program for secondary school children as well. But at the moment, I am committing myself to all the time that I have got to the school brief program. Obviously, I see, still see my corporate clients and everything. But yeah, that's what I'd, I'd love to have the, yeah, all my time spent on it because I absolutely love it. And yeah, I just want to dedicate my time and energies and passion towards improving it and growing it and allowing it to evolve as it needs to really I just think it's one of these fundamental things that I think children yeah will remember um you know and I think it's just one of these things that they will they don't just learn it at school but they have it forever mm. Yeah. So, yes. so getting school breathe teacher training into every primary school in the UK is it open for like uh, international schools like yeah. abroad? Because yeah, like yeah. half of my audience is in the US, so I wonder if definitely yeah any English speaking countries um, yeah can. But I've got there's two things. There's two strands to it. So there's the school breathe program which delivers 40 breathwork exercises to primary schools throughout the school year. So once a week, classrooms um, view on in video or audio format a breathwork technique. 
and they learn that and practice that for the week. Then the following week, they get a new one. So at the end of the year, they will have sort of over 40 breath techniques to um, enjoy and practice. And then also there is the breath coach training for individual primary school teachers. So both of them um, are for yeah English-speaking countries. Awesome. And there's talk that it might be translated into other uh, languages as well. So, yeah, that's sort of all in the pipeline mm. um so yeah it's it's basically yeah anywhere so we have got a few teachers training in uh, switzerland and brazil and um yeah well english speaking obviously international schools yeah. in brazil yeah. but um yeah so it's it's I, yeah i guess we can call it international but the moment majority of the i can actually say uk now because we've got one uh, one in scotland two in wales and the rest are in are in England at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really it's really exciting. I love that, love that. And to help you move towards these dreams and stay on track, focused and motivated, where do you typically go to find inspiration or who do you turn to for support or a motivational boost? Inspiration, my children, um, they are a total sort of, source of inspiration all the time. And also just all the schools that are, are, are on board with School Breathe as well. They are my motivation. Um, the teachers are incredible. Um, the people, that, the teachers that really embrace it have just been lovely. And, and just getting the, just getting the emails every week just saying that the children are enjoying it or the teachers are enjoying it. That keeps me totally motivated. Mm. And support, um, yeah, my partner's amazing. Friends, family are amazing. All the breath coaches on the on the breath coat on the school breed team so it's not obviously just me I've got a team of incredible there's 15 of us 15 breath coaches that deliver the um, school breed program so they are yeah a constant source of inspiration motivation and total support so yeah everywhere all around me really I'm, I'm really lucky in that way that it's it's always there for me um, so yeah it, it keeps me going <laughs> And one of the things I also love asking all my guests at the end of the interview is, can you please share with us your favorite mantra or affirmation you live by and why it's so important for you? Oh, I've got so many um, that keep me going. Um, I guess, but the one I've been saying most at the moment is the school breathe one, which is the nose knows, my belly glows and my breath flows. So that's, I'm going to leave you with that one because that's just a reminder of how to breathe well. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And finally, before we wrap up, can you tell us where people can find you on the internet, website, Instagram or elsewhere if they want to connect with you, maybe get your book or perhaps introduce your School Breathe program into their local school? Yeah, so it's schoolbreathe.com for the School Breathe program. Um, info at schoolbreathe.com if they want to email me about it. And then my corporate breathwork side of things, so breathwork for corporates and one-to-ones and workshops, is thebreathingroom.co.uk. And Breathe Well is on, uh, well, Breathe Well is, you can buy it online anywhere, but I do like to support independent shops. So I think you can you can buy it on Hive and all the other hmm. amazing bookshops out there. And do you have an Instagram account? Yes, I have um, breathe.well.com. 
Uh and the school breathe and at school breathe is the instagram one that's just yeah that's relatively new yeah yeah well i'm gonna put all the links to your website and to your social media accounts in the podcast show notes so people can easily find you and connect with you so yeah i can't believe we've been chatting for nearly an hour and um as uh, as i said before we could run another podcast episode just about the um, ayurveda yoga and just the breath itself but yeah, uh, um, it's been too. absolutely amazing talking to you again and connecting and um, learning uh, so many new things and learning about the school breathe program which i think is so amazing and i'm actually going to go and contact my local school <laughs> and see if they are part of your project so thank you so much for sharing amy and it's been an honor thank you yeah thanks so much and yes keep on keep on breathing well i hope you enjoy this episode of she dares to dream podcast if you loved it as much as i did make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode on the first of each month Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest. You can check it out at michaelaoleksova.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have an awesome day.